I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are studying the event of Jesus healing more people at Capernaum. Um, this is actually found in three of the four Gospels, Matthew 8, 14 through 17, um, Mark 1, 29 through 34, and Luke 4, 38 through 41. Today we'll be reading from Mark, Mark chapter 1, verse 29 through 34. Follow along with us if you have your Bibles. And immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. This is more healing by Jesus, and I, I think sometimes we can just throw all the miracles together and say, yeah, Jesus healed a lot of people, but in each instance, there's usually something unique mm -hmm. uh, about the stories that are, are told, something that we can pull out of this experience. So what makes this healing of Peter's mother-in-law unique? Why is it in the Bible? When we compare this event with the event above mm -hmm. from the previous episode and the event that follows in the next episode, this is not a major life-threatening event. This is not leprosy. Uh, this is not demon possession. This is a tiny little fever. So here we see Jesus Christ addressing even minor issues in our lives. You know, it's not like they rushed over to her house first thing. They went to the synagogue, mm -hmm. as was Jesus' custom. This was the Sabbath day, and they were worshiping in the synagogue, and after that they come home. They are invited to lunch. I have to think, um, knowing the disciples' track record without not being able to prepare the Passover properly, forgetting foot washing and stuff, they, they needed their mother-in-law to, mm -hmm. to help provide the food. <laughs> And I like uh, the description uh, of this event. It says that as soon as the fever left her, she began to serve them. Mm -hmm. So I imagine they walked into the house and uh, lunch was not ready. And they were looking to the kitchen. And uh, kind of Simon excused himself and said, my mother-in-law is sick. I'm sorry. And Jesus asked, where is she? Oh, she's upstairs. Mm -hmm. or in the other room and they said let's go there yeah. and jesus christ took her by the hand lifted her up the fever left her and she went to the kitchen to serve the lunch and then we have this after sundown we don't have this great explanation of why after sundown and so the assumption comes that um, the author thought all, everyone would know that on the Sabbath, you, you keep the Sabbath holy, you don't mm -hmm. work, and, mm -hmm. and these were Sabbath hours. So after sundown, when 
uh, Sabbath observance ended, they they brought their sick and demon possessed to come and see Jesus. In one of the previous episodes, in John chapter five, we saw Jesus Christ being accused as performing a miracle on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. which was not allowed according to the teachings of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So maybe those teachings were prevalent and people followed those teachings and they brought everyone after sunset. You know, I, I think this is an important note as we go through this. Worshiping, you know, the Bible says Jesus worshiped on the Sabbath. He does all these other things. Um, he's eating grain, these things that the Pharisees would consider Sabbath breaking. But it's important for people to know that Jesus was not just a go to church and then go out and watch sports in the the afternoon type person. You know, the, he kept Friday, sundown uh, Friday all the way to sundown Saturday as the Sabbath. Um, and he, he was just pushing back on traditions that man had put on the Sabbath to make, mm-hmm. um, make it harder for others. So what does this story tell us about God? My first take would be that uh, our God is not just a God of big things in life. Mm-hmm. We don't have to pray to him only when we are about to make major life-impacting decisions. We have to pray even about small things, like um, you lose the key, Lord, help me find them. Because Jesus Christ is not just addressing life-threatening diseases, he's addressing like a fever. Mm -hmm. Could have gone away the next day, we don't know. But uh, Jesus is part of our lives. And Jesus came to represent God, the Father, right, to reveal his character, his character of love, a love that um, brings him closer to us, a love that makes him want to dwell among us, to spend time with us. And that is the kind of God that is being revealed even through this Mm -hmm. minor healing event. this story shares with me about God is just how attractive he is. You know, in, in this story, the whole town shows up mm. at Simon's uh, mother-in-law's house. You know, they're, they're all there and, and how quickly that information would have spread around. And also because of the demon possessed was healed in the morning in the synagogue, verse 28. Mm-hmm. And at once, or immediately, this is Mark, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And Capernaum was the headquarters of that uh, region uh, for the next year of Jesus' ministry. So what is this passage telling us? And, And for me, I think I would take your insight on what does this say about God, that God does care about the little things. You know, you lost your keys, ask him about it. You're worried about finances, pray about it. Even even something as small as a headache, you know, not mm-hmm. a migraine, just a small headache. We can, before we take an aspirin, we can pray to God. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there are things that, these little annoyances, we can share them. On the flip side, we shouldn't just bring our annoyances to God. Exactly. Sometimes we have a long list of petty issues that we present before the Lord, and we forget the most important one, 
the mission that he has entrusted us to go into the whole world and to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and make disciples. And I'm so glad God is not like us because um, have you ever had a friend who all they do is complain? And, you know, you, you don't really want to stay on the phone too yeah. long with them or God God does desire to be with us even if we're just bringing requests, but we also bring praises to him as well. Also what I hear this passage telling me is to pay attention to some events, what happened in the synagogue, as well as what happened with Peter's mother-in-law, were just clues or signs, uh, practically their invitation for the rest of the town to come to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God speaks to us in different ways. Sometimes he uses words, other times he uses events, including miracles. And I have to decode his message in everyone and move into a direction that Jesus Christ is uh, telling me to go. So what are we going to do about it? People in the city, they did something about that and they brought their friends and their relatives who are sick of various diseases to be healed by Jesus Christ. So for them, the previous events were signs that this is not a regular teacher, a new rabbi in town. He's indeed the son of God, has a divine power. He can command the evil spirits to live and he's able to seek various diseases. Now, here's my question. They went to a physical building, you know, where Jesus was. Do they have an unfair advantage? Um, you know, they, they went and they sought healing. Do we have access to Jesus as a healer or do, is his power diminished? Now we have both advantages and disadvantages. The disadvantage is that we do not see Jesus in person, but we, the advantage is we see way more evidence for his divine power mm-hmm. and messianship than they had. Because we have all these stories collecting together, put in the four books of the Bible, replicated later in the Acts of the Apostles and so on. So I do not say that we have disadvantages. We may have maybe more advantages. Mm-hmm. Think about the number of Pharisees and Sadducees. They are eyewitnesses and they did not believe those miracles telling them that he's the Messiah they have been praying for. So being an eyewitness is not an overwhelming evidence. So God is just as able to heal someone today even if he's not physically present here at a a physical location. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think one thing we don't realize, God has given uh, the medical community a, a wealth of knowledge that was not available to the medical community in Jesus' day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and many of our infirmities um, can be solved through that blessing that he gave to individuals. We also have a wealth of knowledge where it comes to intake, what we put into our bodies, mm-hmm. how we eat. You know, if we're asking for healing for lung cancer and we're smoking mm-hmm. uh, packs of cigarettes each day and we're not willing to give that up, what, what good would healing from lung cancer do? We'll maintain a destructive habit yeah. 
and and Jesus says when he heals people, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stop stop doing the things you were doing. So yeah, um, I think these little things we can bring to Jesus, and and he has the power just like he did back then to do these, even though it's not he's not physically present. Our final question: How can we share this with others? It seems that Simon and some people who went to the synagogue in the morning they shared this with others, and as the result, the whole city came together mm-hmm. uh, after sunsets to be healed and for Jesus to cast out demons. So if they did it, we should do it the same way. When we experience the hand of God, we should share with other people. It is our responsibility. And we do that naturally, right? If we buy something and you like that and it's um, inexpensive and a good deal, you share that with other people. Yeah. So much more sharing the presence of God in your life his healing hand. Let's pray. Father God, we are so blessed by you. Many times we go through our lives without even realizing all the blessings you put around us. And Father, I pray that, first of all, our our eyes will be open to those. Mm -hmm. And that we will bring you our requests, not only our requests, our thanksgivings, that we'll have conversations with you, but but that we won't be afraid to bring even the small things. And I pray, Father, that when you work miraculously, we will comprehend it, and then we'll share it with those around us, that their faith may be strengthened too. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.